the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. So we are coming to Titus chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. New Living Translation. All right, let's go together. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its They should be obedient, always ready to do what is. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Can you imagine that challenge? That they must not slander anyone. Slander anyone. The King James says that they speak evil of no one. How many of us have spoken evil of some people? Speak evil of no one. Speak evil. This book is full of wild instructions. Eh? Speak evil of no one. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They slander no one. That they speak evil of no one. They must avoid quarreling. He said they should be gentle and show true humility. Now, this book is about, <laughs> it's about godliness, Christian living. Somebody say Christian living. Christian. Yeah, it's a very practical book. If you are looking for one of the practical books in the Bible, this is one of such. It's full of instructions. He gives you the biblical basis for a certain behavior. And then he begins to dish out what is expected of you. It's doctrine followed by duty. Doctrine followed by duty. It's beautiful. He said, remind the believers to submit to government and its offices. They should be obedient and always ready to what is good. They must not slander anyone, must avoid quarreling. That they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Verse 3, let's go. Once. Now, you see, he's giving you an understanding of why this commandment must be followed. He says that these instructions ought to be followed because he's establishing the doctrine, the biblical basis why this behavior is required why you must be submissive to authority and why you must be ready and gentle and show true humility to everyone he says once we somebody say once, once. we too were foolish and disobedient we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated we hated Okay, go to verse 4. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, whoo, he saved us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But because of his own mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out spirit upon us. Because of his grace, he declared us 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you not excited about that? You have been declared righteous. Somebody say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. By, grace. By grace. Before God. Before. I have right standing before God. I cannot be condemned before God. I have boldness before God because of his grace. Okay, let's go on. Verse 8. This is and I want you to insist on these teachings that all who trust in God will devote themselves. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees and fight about obedience to Jewish laws. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing divisions among you, give first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. Division is never tolerated in any biblical book. All the books of the Bible. All the letters. Every now and then. Be one in mind. God expects us to be one. Somebody say God expects us to be one. So James talks about the fact that there should not be favoritism. When we come together in Christ Jesus, there is neither Greek nor Jew. There is no Ashanti. There is no Edward. There is no Fanti. We are all one in Christ. Somebody say we are all one in Christ. That is what binds us together. When Jesus was praying, he said that they may be one as I and the Father are one. Just as the Father is in me and I in the Father, that they may also be one in me. Praise the Lord. So when we lift up holy hands in one accord, when we begin to sing with one accord, and when we begin to praise with one accord, heaven moves. Why? Because unity is what moves God. Somebody say, unity moves God. Now let's go ahead. Verse number 12. I'm planning to send either Atimas or Tachikus to you. As soon as one of them arrives, do your best to meet me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to stay there for the winter. Do everything you can to help Zina as a lawyer and Apollos with their trip. See that they are given everything they need. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Then they will... Everybody here sends greetings. Please. Turn to your neighbor and say, learn to do good. You see, most people expect things from believers who have not been instructed. When somebody gets born again, we can put a lot of pressure on them, a lot of expectation. We expect them to live a certain standard. But what do believers need is time to learn. Somebody say time to learn. Yeah, time to learn. When you are born as a little baby, you don't wake up saying good morning. You need time. He said that they learn. I like verse 14. Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. The word is learn. Somebody say learn. Yeah. If you see a believer who is manifesting the fruit of a spirit, he has learned to manifest that. He has learned. He has learned to yield to the Holy Spirit, to allow the Spirit of God to flow through him. Are you here with me? 
Okay, so that is the book we are on, and we will go back to First Timothy chapter one and verse one and two, and we will come back to Titus one verse one and two. Okay, so Paul, a bond servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, two, and the hope of eternal life with God which cannot lie. Promise before time began. You saw how he started the book. God cannot lie. The Christians are always liars, but God cannot lie. Praise the Lord. So he wanted them to understand that what I'm presenting to you is solid and genuine. I'm not coming with lies because the God who sent me and ordained me as an apostle can't lie. Verse 3, he says, But has in due time manifested his word through preaching which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, to Titus, a true son in a common faith. Say, Titus, a true son in our common faith. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. 2 Timothy 1. Oh, come on, let's read it together. One go. Grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so that's what we are looking at. We are looking at. Dear Titus, and this is part five. Dear Titus, this was a letter Apostle Paul wrote to his beloved son in the Lord by name of Titus. And we are going through the letter, so we have captioned the series title as Dear Titus. This specific teaching is remain a true son and raise true sons. Turn to your neighbor and say, be careful you don't change. <laughs> and, and tell the person, be careful you don't change for bad. Yeah, and it's correct that change is good, but change for bad is not good. There are some people, they used to be very good people until they started relating closely with certain people. And sometimes some of the relationships were even in church. It's sad that somebody who did not drink before can join church and find himself in the wrong relationship in church and start drinking. Very, very dangerous. Turn to your neighbor and say, be careful who you hang out with. Uh -huh. So, he says, a true son in the faith. And we said that Titus was a true son. Timothy was a true son. And Paul wrote this letter to Titus, specifically instructing him. And he says, Titus, you are a true son. In fact, the reason why I left you in Crete is because I know you are a true son. Now that I've left you in Crete, while you are in Crete, Crete is full of a lot of corrupting influences. There are many things in Crete that can influence you negatively. And so remain there. And remain there as a true son. And then raise other true sons after your kind. Titus, in about two weeks time, we get to study a bit into Crete. You appreciate the nature of the city. Why Apostle Paul needed to instruct him like this? Because that was a tough city to live in. Uh, the nations of the world have their own demons. There are demons in every nation. Principalities in every city. 
Paul said, I have fought the beast of Ephesus. There was a certain controlling force in Ephesus. And every time you go to every city, there is a special principality that controls the affairs of the city. When you come to a place like this, tradition is very strong here. How many of you see that tradition is very strong here? It's serious. Tradition. People don't even value the word of God because of tradition. Yeah. There are people on Sundays that are to be set aside for God. They will rather go to funerals rather than come to church. They will honor some tradition. There are traditions people have exalted above the word of God. Yeah. Strong traditions. As for we, this is how we do things. Even when it's contrary to the word of God. Go to the naming ceremony and the christening of some Christians. And you go there and you see that they are giving a call to the baby. Say, way and so. Yeah. And they do that because this is tradition. What of honey? Can't you give them honey? Can't you give them salt? Can't you give them? So can't you give them any other thing except those things? And who told you that when you give them alcohol and water, it will let them be honest? <laughs> I'm not communicating here at all. Listen, there are strong traditions people have believed in. They believe them so strongly. They believe them. When you touch them, you offend them. I'm not communicating here. When you touch them, you offend them. Strong tradition. Ben and Paul battle. Yeah. That believers who think like that. That's their background. A man must not say sorry to a woman. That's a foolish man. Because he's a foolish man who feels that he's perfect. Because once you say you are not saying sorry to anybody, be your wife or anybody, you are simply saying you are perfect. And you are foolish because you are not perfect. I'm not communicating here. There are traditions people believe in. Some of them were passed on to us. Some of them came to us through our grandnies and our grandpas we stayed with. They tell you these are words of wisdom. Listen, any word of wisdom you have received, whether orally or it's transmitted, whichever means, if you can't find the basis for it in scripture, trash it. I'm not communicating here. And this is a city there were people who were defending the Jewish things. They wanted to bring them back into bondage. So Paul was talking, he said, don't entertain useless, do you see that? He said, don't give time to useless arguments. Don't give place to useless arguments. Because they want to argue with you about things that do not edify. You engage in argument, by the time you finish, your spirit is so dry. And you have offended through many, many words. Because the Bible said, in the multitude of words, they wanted nothing. Are you here with me? So we are talking about a strong city. And this man was left there. So he said, remain in the city, but be different. Somebody said, be different. Yeah, the Bible said we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Titus was supposed to be in Crete, but he was not supposed to allow the behavior, the attitude, and the character of Crete to influence him. It's okay to be in Kumasi, but don't allow the negative Siano spirit to influence you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there's a certain way people from this city, when they go to other places, people see them. They identify them easily. And they identify them easily because of certain negative behaviors and attitude they display. Am I complicating here? Yeah. When you are a Christian, anywhere you go, what you must be identified with is Christ-like virtue, Christ-like character, Christ-like nature. Am I complicating here? Yeah. You see, the more you grow in Christ, the more difficult it becomes for people to tell whether you are Fanti, Ewer, or Ashanti. They can't tell because the person they should be able to tell that you are is a child of God. Am I complicating here at all? 
So if after three years of working with God, people see more asante in you, something is wrong with you. After five years of working with God, you think more like an Aigbe man. Something is wrong with you. After three years of staying with the word of God, you are thinking and everything, your behavior, your disposition is more of a frafra man. You need to be born again, in quotes. Somebody say an amen. amen. You have to be changed, the Bible says. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, the Christian life is a life of transformation. Once you get born again, your spirit is transformed. Your mind must constantly be transformed in order for you to manifest the life of Christ. So we said he was left in Crete. And the command is that remain in Crete. You are a true son. Remain there and raise true sons. It's not just enough to be a faithful person. It's important that you are able to influence other faithful ones. Am I communicating here? If you're a faithful person, you should be able to raise other people of your kind. The Bible says that we should go and make disciples. We are disciples and we are to go to make disciples. We are not to go and make converts. We are to go and make disciples. Learners who disciple other people. Since you got born again, who is your disciple? Who have you trained in the word of God? Who have you taught in the word of God? Who can you say is your spiritual son in that you have taught them the principles of the word of God and they are becoming rooted and grounded in Christ? Who have you disciple? Am I communicating here? Because that's a measure of your Christianity. If you are really, really growing and you are going somewhere with your Christianity, you see, there are things you use to measure your progress in your Christian work. One of them is the number of people you are discipling. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Get somebody safe. Teach him what it means to do his quiet time. You yourself, after three years, you still don't know how to do consistent quiet time. So how can you help somebody else? Raise your faithful son, but raise other true sons. That was the command. You cannot find a true leader who is not surrounded by other true leaders. When you meet a leader, you will see, put someone who is in charge of family, and you see that other family shepherds will be raised. Put somebody in charge of the choir, other leaders will be raised. Put somebody in charge of the horses, others will be raised. Am I communicating here? They are not the people, a leader does not sit on the potential of others. A leader unleashes the potential of others. And as together, a strong and a greater team is born. Can somebody say an amen here? So we are talking about biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. Somebody say biblical characteristics. Biblical characteristics of a true son in ministry. Yeah, we said that if you are going to fulfill our calling, we need to learn how to relate and function as sons. And we said that among many things, a true son in ministry is sendable. Somebody say a true son is sendable. Yeah, a son who is of age, a son who is profitable can be sent. A son who cannot be sent is not profitable. A highly profitable son is the one whom you can send and when you send them, you are at peace. They come with good results. May you become that kind of a son. Amen. Can I hear a better amen here? Amen. A true son carries the same spirit and walks in the same steps as his father. A true son carries the same spirit and walks in the same steps as his father. We talked about this earlier. Because without this ministry, there will be no continuity. 
The reason why Apostle Paul didn't need to go and stay in Crete. He could move from Crete and go to other places and evangelize and reach out to more people was because he had a true son who carries his spirit and could walk in the same spirit. He was not looking back every two, two days or three, three months, looking back to see whether things are working well or not. The moment he left Titus in Crete, he knew that everything was settled. He didn't need to go back and he didn't even have the opportunity to go back there. But Titus kept the place intact. Many churches were born there. Number three, a true son is a great source of encouragement and joy to his father. Somebody say a true son is what? Say it aloud. Say, I'm a true son. I'm a great source of encouragement. Enjoy to my father. Yeah, even if it is not true as you are confessing, God will help you to become true. A true son is a source of encouragement and joy. Number four, a true son is like-minded. He has a kindred spirit. Number five, a true son cares sincerely for the church, for God's people like his father does. Somebody say a true son cares sincerely for the church like his father does. Number six, a true son pursues the interest of Christ and the church above his personal interest goes and ambitions. True son. Number seven, a true son is what? A true son is tested and proven. A true son is tested. And I said that until you are tested, you cannot claim to be a legitimate son until you are tried. In fact, Hebrews says that we have had fathers after the flesh who disciplined us, who corrected us, who tested us. Now, if you are sons and you cannot be tested, you are not. That's what the Bible says. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2. He said, we have sent with him our brother who have often proved diligent in many matters. Philippians 2.22. Let's read that. Philippians 2.22. But you know how Timothy has proved. Timothy has what? Timothy has what? Timothy has what? Yeah, relationships will go through a season of testing. And the relationships that survive are relationships that go through testings. If your relationship has never been tested, it is not a relationship you can boast about. Relationships go through difficult times and when they are tested and they are still standing, then we can say they are strong relationships. Can somebody say an amen? amen. And if you are a true son, you will be tested. True sons will be tested. You'll be tested through instructions. You'll be tested through rebukes. You'll be tested through tough corrections. And when they come, how you respond to it is a manifestation of who you are. True sons will always be tested. And it's interesting <laughs> that sometimes as a leader, when you see how people are failing a particular test, you just feel sorry for them people who are desirous and dreaming of doing great things for God, but can't simply bring themselves down to do simple things that will help them fulfill that goal. It's a very sad thing. You see, everything that you want to do in life, there is a how to do it. Somebody say how to do it. Yeah, there's a how to do it. If you want to be a doctor, there's a how to become a doctor. If you want to sell in ministry, there's a how to do it. If you want to pastor, there's a how to do it. 
You cannot say, I'm called, I want to pastor, but this is how I'm going to do it. No, there's a Bible way to pastor. There's a Bible way to lead. There's a Bible way to take care of a church. And it's sad when you see people with potential and giftedness, but yet can't bring themselves to the basic elements that will help them acquire the skill and the necessary intelligence and knowledge they need in order to excel in their area of calling. Number eight, a true son serves with his father in the ministry. Somebody say a true son. son. Say it aloud. A true son son. serves with his father in the ministry. Yeah, a true son is not looking for an opportunity to break away. He serves with his father. He's excited serving with his father. And that's one of the things Apostle Paul tells us about Timothy. Look at this. Philippians 2, 22. There are some sons, when they are away from their father, they are very happy. In fact, when their father comes around, they are not even comfortable. Because they, they just want to be independent. They don't want any interference. The presence of their father around them is not seen as a blessing. It's seen as an interference. That is one of the marks of a rebellious son. When you have that kind of spirit, you are a rebel. Look at this. But you know how Timothy has what? Oh, say it. You know how Timothy has what? Like a son with his father, he has served with me. 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 Not away from me. He has served with me. He has served with me. (laughs) There are sons who can't sit down for them to be instructed by their father. At all. They are in a hurry to go and be on their own. Even when they have not acquired the ingredient required to be independent, they are rational. Am I communicating here? He says he has served with me in the gospel. That is amazing. That's why he called him a true son in the faith. He was different. A true son. You see, when you learn to serve with your father, you will be able to function and serve effectively away from your father. But when you have not learned to serve with your father, well, when we send you out, you are not likely to succeed. You'll be doing things on your own. You see, the people that can be released are the people who are proving themselves faithful serving with their father. Are you here with me? You have to serve. You watch. You watch, you learn. That is how you learn. No, don't think that you, there are people who want to go serve somewhere and they have their own idea of what they are going to do. So whatever they see their father do is not even important. They have their own idea. As a son, like he has proved himself as a son, he has served with me in the gospel. He has served. What it also means is that he's been doing what I'm doing. What I'm doing, he's doing the same. I'm preaching the gospel, he's preaching the gospel. We are following up on souls. He's following up on souls. That's a true son. He has served with me in the gospel. Are you serving here? Ask your neighbor, are you serving here? Yeah. He has served with me in the gospel. Look, John 8, 35. He said, the servant abided not in the house, but the son abided forever. Can you see that? Yeah. The son is excited. When we say we have a joint service, true sons are happy coming. But when you are not a true son and we are having a joint service, you will not mobilize your people and bring them for a joint service. Am I communicating here? Yeah. When you are on your own, you are being given the privilege to pastor somewhere. And we say, let's all come together. When you meet a rebellious son, he is always coming alone. When he comes, the congregation is left. Because he has an agenda. That's a rebel. A true son is 
always in the house. He abides. A servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided in the house forever. First John chapter 2 verse 19. He said, these people left our churches. I like this. They left our churches, but they never really belong with. They never really belong with. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. They would have stayed. They would have stayed. They are always, when you meet a false son, a fake son, he's not sure whether he wants to be here or he wants to go. He's giving conditions. If this and this does not happen, I will know what to do. You are not a true son. You are a fake son. And you should better be on your way going. Am I complicating here? You should be running away quickly because the longer you stay here, the more frustrated you become. You are not the true son. They left because they were not. Then he says, when they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. Are you with me? It proved that they did not belong. They were never. The prodigal son left. And you saw what happened to him. At least he was prodigal. He came back. But there are others who left and they didn't come back. That shall not be your testimony. That shall not be your testimony. Number nine, a true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is necessary. A true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is necessary. Somebody say it. What I'm sharing with you is Bible school. I mean, some guy became here. He says he wants to go to Bible school. I say, uh, Bible school. The Bible school is what we are doing here. <laughs> yeah, the Bible school is what. Another one came. He said he's going to this Bible school. And when he came, I told him join this service unit. Blah blah blah. He didn't, and he was in the Bible school. By the time he finished the Bible school, he was ordaining himself as a reverend. I said this one could not survive here because you don't go to Bible school and finish to become a reverend. Am I communicating here? Yeah. A true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is necessary. Now look at this. I hope to send him. Look at this. Philippians 2. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. I hope to send him. Now look at this. I, I'm going to come home. Look at verse 2. I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you what? So the reason why I'm sending him is for him to come prepare the ground and I am coming. I'm going to be there very soon. That's why I'm sending him. I'm hoping that I will come. That's why I'm sending Timothy. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 to 17. Look at that. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you have 10,000 instructors in what? Oh, 10,000 instructors in what? Yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the, through the, therefore I urge you imitate, 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 imitate. This is Paul. He wrote this letter to the church of Corinth. Now look at this. He says, I have begotten you and I want you to imitate me as your father. But this is how he was going to go about the imitation. Look at verse 17. For this reason, I sent Timothy to you. Why did I send Timothy? Because he, is, he will help you to learn how to imitate me. Who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord? Who remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, that's the only way you could imitate Paul. Because Paul was going to send Timothy. When Timothy comes, Timothy was going to teach you Paul's ways in Christ. So you can follow. Am I communicating here? 
I am very, very careful when I have somebody who wants to do ministry with me or want to call me father, but he's not willing to learn from people who have been around for a very long time. Very, very wary. People who have been around, people that I have come to trust, you don't trust them. No, 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 we can't work together. You have difficulty, serious difficulty every now and then. Because you are Johnny come lately. These people have been tried and tested. <laughs> City that is set on the hill as a mountain surrounds Jerusalem. <laughs> so the Lord surrounds his people. <laughs> These guys have been tested and proven. Learn from them. Are you here with me? He said, I'm sending Timothy and so that you will learn. Imitate me. Spoke to the church of Corinth. Imitate me. But you can't imitate me by just learning from anyone. You can't just learn from anyone. You remember when we were doing the Follow Me series? We said that you can become a follower by following others who have followed well. You remember? That's what Paul is talking about here. Imitate me. There are people when they give you advice in this church. If you want to go for you have to listen. Are you here with me? You have to listen. They've been around for long and they know the system. There are people who go to certain places and they work and they get problems. They don't get promoted. They get stagnated. They have problems with everybody. They simply don't know how to manage themselves. You have to learn how to... Apart from these things I'm telling you, it goes beyond church. When you go to a place who has been around for long, who can teach me how things are done here? Don't go there and say, I know it. I, I'm the sharpest. I'm the doctor. I'm this. You soon find out that you are the biggest fool in the area. Am I communicating here? Because there's somebody who knows the area who must teach you what to do. And when he teaches you and you add his knowledge to your own, Charlie, you'll be rising very fast. But when you go there and you are like, oh God, come fresh, I know it all. They will watch you fall flat on your face. Are you here with me? Yeah. A true son serves as an excellent forerunner for his father whenever it is necessary. A true son. Can you imagine sending Gehazi as a forerunner? Even when he was not a forerunner, he did things. Send him as a forerunner. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when the miracle has been done and he was there and no demand is made, he can go to the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's read the story and maybe it will help somebody. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 20 to 27. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian. You see his mindset. <laughs> Being in ministry is an opportunity to take from people forcefully. He has spared him. Don't spare them. This Sunday, we must not spare the people. We must make sure that we take everything from them. That is mentality. But the last time I checked, the Bible says, a bishop must not be greedy or futile looker. Am I communicating here? Yeah, greedy or futile looker. He said, said, my master should not have let this Aramean get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. He has a sworn on top. I swear, I'm going. No, no, I'm not going to spare him. I must get something from him. That's his mindset. That's his mindset. You are in the office, you are working with your boss and he gives you an assignment and somebody comes and he tells you, this man, when you do the work for him, don't collect anything. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he goes, he checks left, right, and center. Say, boss, uh, you know, photocopy, uh, 50 CDs. <laughs> yeah. Don't collect anything. This was not the job he did, though. Now, if he can go and collect money for a job he didn't do, 
Can you imagine the job he did? That's why Gehazi never did any miracle. In fact, the, the only opportunity he had to have performed a miracle, nothing happened. He carried the staff, placed it on the chair, nothing happened because his heart was not right. When your heart is not right, you can't walk in the miraculous. You can't see God's supernatural power when your heart is crooked. It doesn't work. He says, as surely as the Lord, I'll take something. Verse 21. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw him run after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. He said, everything all right. Naaman asked, yes, Gehazi said, but my master has sent me to tell you. If you want to collect, collect in your name. You see, I'm sure that is what provoked Elisha to curse the man. Yeah, because you see, apart from going to do something he didn't want to do, you have also carried his name. He carried his name. And that messed the whole thing up. Carried his name. He said, my master has sent me. What a disgrace. The man was offering to him. Now, can you imagine that? He was offering to him. He rejected it. And you go back to him and say, my master has sent me. 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 Where have they sent you to and you went to say things they didn't send you to say? Where did they send you to? Which office did they send you to? And when you went, you didn't say what they told you to say. You said other things. My master has sent me. But my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like... <laughs> see, the, the lying spirit, eh? <laughs> the Cretans are always lies. That's it. As if he was from Crete. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My master, he said he sent me. He, he would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. If he has just suddenly received visitors, if there is anything he needs, is it not food? Is it not food you need? You have received visitors. Immediately, he, they need clothes. What are they going to use with clothes? Is he a fashion designer? Look at verse 23. By all means, take as much as silver. Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. Can you imagine? So they returned. <laughs> oh, your God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you send the wrong forerunner, eh, he will go there and be posting as Oga himself. Yeah, he goes there, he posts as a guy himself. He, he will not say, I'm here to represent my boss. He will even forget his boss sent him. He will be talking and acting everything as if he is himself. John the Baptist was different. He said, there's one I have come to serve as a forerunner and I'm not ready to even untie his shoes. I'm not communicating here. You see it as a privilege. You see it as an honor. You see it as an honor that should not be taken for granted at all. He didn't see it like that. There are people, when you give them your opportunity, you are a father, you give them your platform, they see it as a right and not a privilege. That's the time they want to do something that has never been done before. They want to let everybody know that they are superior than their father. You mess up. You mess up. You just destroy yourself. Am I communicating here? You just destroy yourself. You don't need that for anything. And it happens in every area of life. There are people who stood on platforms and they could have been standing there every other time. But they stood there once and never stood there again. They never stood there again. Why? Because they are gifted, but they don't understand protocol. I'm not communicating here. They are gifted, they don't understand protocol. 
By all mistake twice, he gave it to him. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. So he will not appear in town with them. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went to his master, you see, you can only do this when you become familiar with your father. Most of the time, that's what happens. Familiarity. Many people have gotten golden, brighter opportunities. They lost it because they became too familiar. They became too familiar. He became too familiar. This is a man who can tell a man, go wash in the pool. He comes back and things are happening. This is a man through whose hands many signs and wonders were done. But he didn't see all of those things. This guy, yes, is it not Elijah? What is it? Let me just collect some and put it somewhere. He won't see anything. He's not a, he won't, these things, he doesn't see them. God doesn't even show these things to him. Be careful the liberties you take around your superiors. Be careful. Be careful. Nobody knows, oh, my boss will not mind. Listen, it is always wise to ask than to assume things. Ask. When you are not sure, ask. That way you rise faster. Am I communicating here? You rise faster. You rise faster. Most of the time when you meet people who are super gifted, but they don't seem to be going far and fast, it's because of some of these simple, simple things. When these things are not in place, you'll be frustrated in life. You see, the higher you go, the more important protocol becomes. The higher you go. Because when you break protocol, you can destroy a lot of things without knowing. So it's always, always crucial. He told him, he will not know anything. He went, collected them. Elisha said, don't you realize I was there in the spirit? When the man stepped down from his chariot to meet you, is this the time to receive money and clothing? Olive groves and vineyards, sheep, cattle, male and female servants. You see all the things he received. Yeah, he gave him a full detail. Because servants followed him to begin. You, a Gehazi, you are my servant. Now, you have started uh, receiving servants. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I am your papa. Now, they're also calling you papa. Who is papa? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what he's saying. Is it the time? He didn't say that collecting those things were wrong. Every time I've read that scripture, it's always interesting. Pastor James, he never said that collecting those things were wrong. He said, is it the time? There's time to do everything. The good thing can be wrong when it is done at the wrong time. The good thing can be wrong when it's done at the wrong time. There's time. There's time for everything. Everything. That's why Cleo said, there's time for everything under the heaven. You see, because this younger generation lack this basic scriptural sense, we are gifted and yet we are frustrated. We are gifted and yet we don't go far. We are gifted and yet we are not able to realize our full potential. Because what gives room for potential to find expression? You have to find a man like Saul who will say, go. Give you the opportunity to go. But when you go and they start praising you, you also start collecting the praises. <laughs> David didn't collect the praises, so he didn't. In fact, Saul actually went after him. Without he claiming the praises. So if you claim the praises, <laughs> you, they will kill you faster. You shall not be killed. Amen. I said you shall not be killed. Amen. John the Baptist was an excellent forerunner. The disciples of Christ were not always excellent forerunners. <laughs> they were not. They were not. There were times where they did very well. Look chapter 22, verse 7 to 14. Look at this. Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent, can you see, sent Peter and John ahead and said, go and prepare 
that passed over me so we can eat together. He sent them as forerunners. Now look at this. Where do you want us to prepare it, they ask. I said, when you are in doubt, what? Don't assume. Don't assume. When you say we are accompanying me to some place, don't assume that you wear anything and it will be fine. Find out what is good to wear. Should I wear African print? Should I wear a suit? Should I wear a tie? Don't just assume anything. Then by the time I realize you are accompanying me somewhere, you appear in some club tea. <laughs> you will miss your opportunity. Am I communicating here? Ask when you are not sure. They ask questions. He replied, as soon as you enter, no, can you imagine? Jesus knew everything in his head, but until they asked, they were not told. As soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house he enters. Say to the owner, the teacher asked, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? That's all. He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. Look at that. 13. He went up to the city and found everything just as Jesus had said and they prepared the Passover meal. And when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Everything was beautiful because they had done what they needed to do. But like I said, they were not always excellent foreigners. And it means that sometimes, even in our growth curve, sometimes we'll miss it. But we must be quick to learn. And we must be willing to receive correction. Look at this. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 56. And I came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to where? Go to where? And did what? Send messengers before his face. He didn't tell us who the messengers is, but very soon we'll see that these were part of his people. He sent messengers and they were, they entered a certain village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. To prepare what? Yeah, they went there to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. You know, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't have any dealings. So, they say, if you are, you are coming here, come here. Don't be as if you are coming here or not coming here. We don't have time for you. Look at this. His disciples, James and John, saw this. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? You see, sometimes protocol can go wrong. And when it goes wrong, you don't have to muddy the thing. Yeah. When it goes wrong, find a way to correct it rather than mess up things even more. You can go to a place where you are despised. That's not the place to just go and mess up more. Comport yourself. He said, should we call down fire? You sent us. The people didn't receive us. Should we call down fire? He said, no, that's the wrong thing to do. Look at verse 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. Verse 60. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. Are you here with me? Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or 
Email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.